Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend who can always put me in a good mood, the mixtress DC, Gina. Hi, Louise. Hi. Oh, I love this time of year. I know, I know. It's- yes. Goodness, all around. Yeah, it's like coziness and spirity and spirity and just happy. It is. Yeah. If we let it. Well, I try to let it. Yeah. So, but on the flip side of that, we know the holiday season can be stressful and many of us need an outlet to help relieve the pressure, find something, find something good, right? Um, but did you know a small garden or even a simple house plant can do just that for us? Here we go. Studies show that plants provide many health benefits, and I've got five that I wanna share with you. So it's gonna help basically the overall mental and emotional well-being, right? So, according to studies, one, plants can reduce feelings of anxiety and depression. Mm. In a study in 2007, found that there's bacterium in plant soil that triggers the release of serotonins and can lift your mood and obviously reduces anxiety. So you have to eat the soil? I just think you need to be near it. I, was, uh-huh. I wouldn't say eat it. Don't like eat start, it. Like start snorting soil. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm feeling much better. There's mud's running down my face. Maybe, maybe if you need it. I don't know. All right, so two, um, plants can make you more productive and boost your creativity because basically through these studies, it shows that you get that increase of, um, that creativity level will increase because your mind is just more at ease. You're, got a better feeling, you're more focused. That makes sense. I, you know, I the reduced down. stress levels can help you think clearer, right? Yes. So three, and this one's from NASA, plants boost air quality. Of that course. That makes sense. They clean the air. We all know that. Yes. And But even a little house plant inside can help with the humidity within your home. During wow. the dry months, you know, months of the season, you know, dry, that, all that dry heat during the, month, during the cold months. So four... Four, um, gardens give you literally a taste of nature. Um, it's that physical aspect of just being amongst nature, um, even again, if it's inside your house or outside your house. Um, and then five, better concentration in memory. And this came out of a research, a research out of uh, University, University of Michigan. And it, it basically through this study, I can't believe we do these studies, um, plants increase your memory retention. How? up to 20%, according to this study. Um, because of, it's just that calming effect, I would imagine just trying to kind of erases some of that noise, you're more calm and you're more focused, so you actually, ret- you, your memory retention I mean, more focused. Yeah. Uh, all plants, like if I took like a microdose of, of uh, mushrooms? I think it's about the growing of plants, oh, not the ingesting of plants. <laughs> Yeah, no, around plants. So obviously there's something you said about gardening that's grounding. You like that? I do like some grounding. You yes. like that? Yeah. So um, so you can literally um, sow your seeds and it's um, so beneficial just from, again, your well-being, your overall well-being. It helps focus your thoughts, keeps your hands busy, and gives you something to care about beyond yourself. So at the end of the day, you get something in return, and it's not just fresh herbs and vegetables. <laughs> I do like that. 
Good, good. So you're going to love today's designated drinker then. Okay. Um, because uh, she knows all about the therapeutic effects of gardening um, and how it affects her and her community. She is a bartender on a mission and the founder of SIP of Paradise Garden. She is Kiata Misi, Misi, Mincy Parker, not... <laughs> Not a tribe called <laughs> Quest. Please welcome to the show, Kiana. <laughs> that was the best intro ever. Thank you. See? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so, oh, Kiana, welcome to the show. Um, Tell us, I, I really want to find, I want everyone to find out about your journey, your story. It's so amazing. It's so inspiring. Um, but first, tell our listeners, what the hell is Sip of Paradise Garden? What is it? Well, thank you for asking so much. Hi, everyone. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. A Sip of Paradise Garden is a nonprofit bartender hospitality community garden that I started back in January 2020. Um, we provide horticultural therapy, educational resources, job resources, financial resources for a specific community. The hospitality community, mainly bartenders, but everyone is welcome. A lot of the things that we do are geared for us in the industry, but you know, as people of service in the industry, we welcome everyone because you know, that's what we do, what we do. We hang out with you, we celebrate you with you. We want you to do those things with us, but this is for us. But yeah, it started off the back of a major cocktail competition that I was in called Bobby Sapphire's Most Imaginative Bartender. Um, I was a finalist and it was a really impactful, it was a really, really impactful competition. Like it, it honestly broke me, almost broke me yeah. because it's funny, um, they, were, they were doing it last year. It was the first time coming back from COVID and they are reached out like, hey, are you gonna, are you gonna compete again? It took everything in me not to say fuck you because it was so much. <laughs> it was a year long. Like anybody who's competed, especially on that level, it is deep. So you're thinking from 2,000 applicants between North America and Canada, they whittle you down to the top 100. And then from the top 100, they whittle you down to 12. And I was part of that top 12 for the 2020 class. Um, I was one of five women. I was the only black person. Wow. And, you know, you know, you go through this competition, they break down each step, they give you a grant to make your canvas project come to life. And your canvas project is pretty much what you do outside of bartending. Like they don't want to hear, oh, I go and dream of drinks. They don't want to hear that shit. They want to know what you do. Like, hey, you know, I secretly love to read books or and it was really interesting to hear everyone's creative outlet. Like in the group of 12, there's a guy who was an actor. He's from Greece. He is an actor and he found challenges with his accent, but he really just wanted to be this actor. And there was a girl, she loves uh, rituals of storytelling. So she had these groups where they would just get together and tell stories from, you know, stories like their parents told them or campfire stories or whatever. We had people who were writers, filmmakers, photographers. And for me, it's my culture as a Liberian woman and gardening is something I did with my American grandmother and my Liberian grandmother. It, it was something that brought me peace. I got to eat fresh food. I got to do all this stuff, but I also got punished out there too. You know, you're outside, <laughs> it's hot as hell. You're picking, especially, um, 
So my mother's from LaGrange, Georgia, which is 20 minutes from Alabama. My mother grew up on a farm. You know, I was, at first, I was in charge of picking blackberries, which was super great because, you know, everybody loves blackberries, but I always got in trouble because I was eating the blackberries and I would get busted because my tongue would be black. I was not the most creative person as far as stealing. So I got demoted to picking pecans and nobody wants to pick pecans. That's the worst ever. Why is that? But I digress. Why? Why is it hard? Because there because they're already on the ground, half of them are broken. And then when they're broken, you have to decipher if you're going to keep it or like, it's just a bending down gotcha. and picking up into buckets. And it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, as delicious as they are. It's a lot of work. Pecans suck, it sucks. <laughs> oh. The poor pecan. <laughs> I know, I know. But yeah, I just, uh, I kept eating all the blackberries and I got demoted, so it's fine. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so gardening is what got you through to the top 12 then? Gardening was the idea, and it was really based on something even simpler than that. I really wanted a space for us because as bartenders, you know, a lot of times so much responsibility falls on us in the bar. Everybody gathers at the bar. You have your lineup at the bar. You get in trouble at the bar because you're over there taking shots and stuff. Don't stop being supposed to be doing <laughs> And bartenders, <laughs> we're put in this leadership position where it doesn't necessarily match up financially. Like we're given this title of this person to control this domain. And we are the vibe, we're the pulse of every restaurant, but it doesn't match up sometimes financially. The workload is ridiculous. The shifts are long. So much comes with that. And we sustain so many people. A lot of times as a bartender, we are the last stop on a shitty day and it has nothing to do with us. And all we want to do is be like, you know what, enjoy this cocktail and we hope your day gets better. But, you know, we sustain so many people and no one sustains us. You know, even with restaurants, the chef gets all the accolades, the service gets the accolades, the cocktails, but nobody really gives the shine so much to the bartender. The bar manager might get the get the shine if the, this bar program is led by such and such, you know, but we don't really get those things and even looking deeper into hospitality and bartending, there's no contingency plans for us. You know, a lot of us, when we work in these restaurants, we don't have health insurance, life insurance. We all have these structures to sustain us outside of getting through your shift. And it just, you know, a lot of that was just to have a space for us. You know, I just really wanted to play in the dirt with my friends <laughs> and it just blew up into this entire Thing that I had no idea it was going to happen into, and I'm just so grateful for it. You know, Gina, when I spoke to Kata the other day, and as she was talking about this, she, in many ways, reminded me of you, <laughs> about that you have this Yay! farm now, and all Gina loves to grow all the things. I do, I do. I have a farm, and I, I grow all the stuff, but I'm listening to you, and I'm like, it's like, where are you exactly? I'm in Atlanta. You're in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, no, I hear you, what you're saying, and it's, it's a very trickle-down effect about the bars, for sure, and about, mm -hmm. like, service industry and all of that kind of stuff, because we're, we're feeling it now here. We're, like, it's um, starting to change a bit for the bartenders mm -hmm. themselves, but that's also pushing with the guilds and all that kind of stuff. But insurance and all that, for sure. It's a shitty owner. Right. It's a shitty owner. I'm, right. I own restaurants now, trust me. You can make the right decisions for your staff. You can 100% you make the right decisions. You can be a great person. You can lift everybody up and- And earn, some, and earn a, a fair 
Wait yeah, yourself. You can do yeah. all the things. You can do all the right things. You really can. It's just, it's just who you choose to work for and with. I always say sometimes uh -huh. you don't really work for that person. You work with that person. Uh -huh. And that has to become a decision where like people should um, want more for themselves. And I think- 100%. And I think it's okay to, and I always say this to everybody, it's okay not to be fit with everywhere that you go. Uh -huh. Yeah. And you have to like, you have to say that. You have to say that for yourself. And women bartenders like ourselves have a uh -huh. very hard time in this role because you are not a man. Yeah. And no matter right. how many people tell you, there's so many girls that bartend. Mm, not in these positions, not here, not in, they bartend in clubs and bars and stuff like that, but they don't do like cocktail programs. Women don't do cocktail programs. It's still global. It's rare. We're not taken seriously. And even if you are in charge, you're constantly second guessed. Constantly. Well, are you sure we should have this? And then they try to objectify some of the cocktails we put on it. It seems girly. Cocktails don't have gender. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're in the competition. And how does this lead to the garden then? So we're, so the competition happens February of 2020 in Chicago. First of all, Chicago in February can kick rocks. It is brutal. <laughs> Retool. It is and, so cool. Um, it feels like glass yes. on your face at every second. But anyway, so we have three parts of the competition. The competition is different every year. Bombay Sapphire has been operating, I want to say, for 14 or 15 years, and every year is a little bit different. This year, the top prize was $10,000 for the top winner and $25,000 to grow your creative outlet. So if I had won the money, that the $25,000, I would have had that as seed money to to blossom the entire thing. Um, but during the competition, they gave everyone a $5,000 grant to kind of kickstarted it. So with that money, I got um, the business registered as a business. Um, it was actually done by one of my regulars. Cause again, before this, mind you, I've been bartending for a long time. So one of my regulars was an accountant and he helped me set everything up cause he believed in everything that I was trying to do. He was here for it. Um, I got a board of directors. I got my bylaws done. I came up with a staff. I had already reached out to bartender friends and had a list of people that were ready. My amazing husband is an artist and graphic designer. He drew up blueprints. I had reached out to an organization that I had volunteered for so much to see if they had any of their donors that had property that they would be willing to lease. And they were like, well, what are you trying to do? And they actually gifted me the land. So they gifted me a quarter of an wow. acre of the land, Community Farmers Market, special shout out to them. Thanks, Katie. Um, and with them, I have a lifetime, I have a lifetime memo of understanding. As long as I'm doing this garden and I have air in my lungs, this is my, this is going to be my property. So oh, I walked awesome. in to pitch this part of myself, you know, as a full business and everything was ready to go. Um, the competition happened. I actually won, ended up winning the botanical challenge part. Um, it was like shocked, y'all. It was so crazy. We're all running through this hell studio. <laughs> Everybody was given a theme in London. My theme was Angelica Root because it's one of the um, botanicals in Bombay Sapphire. 
So I came up with this cocktail called the root of all evil is never gin. So I had everything in there with roots. So it had angelica root extract. It had sweet potatoes. They had turmeric, it had ginger. Like it was a, a rooty tooty cocktail. And, um, rooty <laughs> and I, I presented that. So I ended up winning that portion of the competition, but I did win that, um, the campus part. That was won by Alex Jump. She is an amazing bartender based out of um, Denver. Um, she worked for Def & Co. And she had a program that was for um, focused on kind of resources for mental health and education and stuff for bartenders. I think it's called Front of House or FOH for our health, Front of House, however you um, use the words. But she ended up winning that portion. And then Valentino Lango won the actual competition part. So I came home and I was telling my staff, cause I had a staff of girls already and I had a board of directors that's already, and it is funny, I didn't even realize that my board of directors and my staff were all women. I just happened to pick with people who supported me and who believed in me and who were willing to believe that this idea of a bartender's garden would, would be something cool. And that's how I ended up with the people I have right now that support me. And I was like, you know, Alicia, I'm just going to take a break from this. You know, I didn't win the money. We don't have any money. We'll just pause. I'll restructure this out. We'll do some fundraising. We'll do it. And them bitches were like, uh, nah, you got us. We got man. <laughs> we're doing it. And in my mind, awesome. um, I'm 45 now, but back then I, I was 40 going in, I think turning 41, 42. In my mind, I was like, you know what, girl, you've been bartending for so long. Your body hurts, your knees and back and ankles don't want to operate no more. You've gone so far in this competition. You're a woman. You're smart. You're black. They're going to pick you to be a, have a brand job. I just knew. I just knew <laughs> the next trajectory of my life was going to be for me getting behind that bar physically and being more of an advocate and more of a voice because I'm fighting for us. Come home, I'm on cloud line, my city is winning, this, this, this. March of 2020, all of us were furloughed. Like you literally woke up. Yep. Like I still get emotional when I, when I talk about this because it was so devastating. Like you literally went to bed one night and you woke up to an email from your GM or your owner or your whoever due to the, and like doing the same quotes that the government said due to this pandemic or whatever this is, and nobody knew what was happening. All I knew was that I wasn't going to go to work and they didn't know when I was going to be back to go to work. I did have a contingency plan. Yeah. I kind of got some savings. I'm married, but I also have two kids. And I also, you know, I just, I had all these things. And for someone who kind of went to college, you know, I always thought I was in the recession proof industry, but nah, like it literally happened overnight. Yeah. And it just, it puts so much into perspective because you nobody knew you're watching the news and there's chaos. People are fighting in public for water, chicken, and tissue. And the president's telling us to drink bleach and shit. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody knew what was happening. And you're sitting at home because you're not supposed to be in contact with people. You're not supposed to say, you know, yeah. all these things, right? Yeah. So for two weeks, I sat on my couch and being the person that I am and the cocktail influencer and bartender, I had a lot of booze. I still got a lot of booze. I'm drinking on my couch. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? If I drink enough, none of it doesn't matter. If I drink enough, it'll be fine. And at the second week, because mind you, 
by me being furloughed, my kids are furloughed too. So those are, they're, they're at home on the couch looking at me and yeah. we're all watching this foolishness. At some point, my husband comes up to me. He was like, hey, hey, I understand, but you can't keep doing this. And of course, me, typical black girl, yeah. you don't know my life. You don't know what's going on. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he was like, I know you, I know you can't be on this couch drunk every day because we all see you. They see you. You are the heart of this house and you need to do better. So of course I'm like, whatever. And then all of a sudden, like after a day or so, I started getting texts from other bartenders like, hey, are you still gonna do that garden thing? Hey, what's up with that garden? Hey, if I gotta sit in my house and keep looking at this, somebody's gonna die. I'm not sure who. Hey, I need somewhere to go. Can we still do this thing? So through a matter of a few text messages, a bunch of us kind of got together and we had a random volunteer day and we got that land together. Like it was like 30 bartenders out there and brands, you know, Jenny, you know this, brands have dollars that they couldn't really spend. They couldn't spend in accounts anymore because everything was closed. And they were like, well, let me order some food and meet y'all out there because they had to spend these dollars and they wanted to feel like they were doing something too. So it turned into these massive volunteer days and the land that I was given, although I was grateful for it, it was overgrown. It was the dumping spot. It was where everybody made out. We found condoms, chicken balls, 40 ounce bottles, all kinds of stuff in there. <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't find nobody's body in there, but it was, it was so crazy <laughs> how this whole thing just kind of came together. And then even over that time, it was somewhere for us to go and to meet. And even though we're standing apart people are like hey how are you doing today like people were able to get that connection that we had lost because nobody knew what was happening and just through all of that and even that year through the progression because a lot happened like George Floyd got murdered people were protesting people were trying to figure out what's going on and a lot of people don't notice but there was a lot of racial stuff happening in Atlanta a lot of it wasn't even televised so because all of us didn't have nowhere to go People were out there protesting and it was just this movement of something. And a lot of times people met up in the garden and coordinated like, hey, let's all meet here and we can have a shot before we go and protest or we can make signs in the garden. Like it turned, it just became a safe space for us. And then randomly people would see us and they're like, hey, what are you guys doing? Because the garden sits in the neighborhood and the community was like, oh, well, what do you guys need? oh, well, you know, we could use some more tools. We can use some of this. And people were buying stuff and dropping it off. Like there was one lady that was making hand sanitizer and bug repellent. Like she's a, she's really granola. She's like, her name is Kate. She's an artist. Like she was leaving <laughs> little notes and baskets out there for us. Like, hey, garden guys, here's some hand sanitizer I made for you. Or here's some bug spray I made for you guys. And here's some cookies. Like people were doing this for us. And it just sealed something that we lost for one moment off a pandemic and nobody had any idea what's happening. So it just exploded from there. Yeah. That's really great because you think it's about amazing. made you know, like creating a community for your community right. inside of a community. Yeah, it's stone soup. Yeah. It's stone soup. She, that's it. Yeah. It's the old yeah. story when we were kids. Like you bring one thing and you bring one thing and you bring one thing and together this becomes uh -huh. this awesome thing. And like, wow, I mean, I mean, yeah, the pandemic sucked, but you made it like something better. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't, 
Sometimes I believe that you are forced into situations that mm -hmm. make you better. I agree. Yeah. You makes you it make you have to reach really deep and like it makes you better. It makes you I agree. a look at what you're doing. Because you know what? If you would have came home and got uh -huh. that brand job, and you'd have probably been like, well, I'm gonna be on the road now, 15 days a month. I you know, I don't have time right. for the garden. I'll do it some right. other time. So so maybe that was your way of starting this. That's amazing. I think that's really Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Like, wow. Thank you. And well, I, I think it's also really cool too is that you you for a minute could not see what is the forest through the trees. Um, and but then you had some other people who needed you more, uh -huh. who needed you to see that and kind of gave you that kind of swift kick in your ass that you're like, oh yeah, I can do this. I, I took me a minute, uh -huh. I needed a breather, but there were other people who rallied around you and gave you that that extra push when they needed it from you, but you needed it from them. I just love as that. Much. And that's that's one thing that's I will say about community. Community doesn't necessarily look a specific way. You know what I mean? Every community looks the way that it has to look to sustain the community that's sustaining. You know, and I really feel like if I was in any other industry, I don't know, especially with these circumstances, I don't know if I would have pulled out the way I pulled out with this. Because even now, when there are times, like, my members protect me heavy. Like, they're they're like a gang. You better not say nothing about Chiata. You better not come in this garden acting crazy. You better not do anything. Like, they protect me, and I don't even have to open my mouth. And all I've done is just create a space and advocate for them, and they fight for me, and I love it. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm the queen bee, and I have all my beehive, my my bees just protecting and buzzing. Like, what are you doing? You can't get too close to her. She needs this, and no, 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 and it's crazy. And I just want to have a good time with my friends. That's pretty much what it is. I just want my friends to be good, and that's that's what I lead with. I just want to take care of people and make sure my friends are good. I've never had any aspirations to be rich or famous. I've only ever wanted to do good things with my friends, and it's amazing that I'm able to do that now. Yeah, I mean, and it's through an act of seeing beyond yourself that you're seeing this like beautiful space, which is lovely. No, it is cool. And I it's so it. inspiring. Yay! It is. Is it inspiring you, Gina? Yes, it is, Louise, I got it. She just kicked me under the table, everybody, <laughs> just so we know. <laughs> It was a virtual kick. It wasn't yeah. an actual kiss. Cause, Cause Alex would get mad because she would have heard me kick you, and then I'd get in trouble by Alex, yeah. who is the one who's in yeah, charge of all yeah, the sounds. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's do a tip. Want to do a tip? Let's do a tip. A tip or a learning moment? Ah, let's tip. Do all right, let's, let's do it. It is the season. It is the season for figs. These beautiful black figs. I love these figs. One of my favorite. Sometimes you see them listed as uh, mission figs, uh, Italian black figs, sometimes purple figs. Um, I don't really care as long as you're using figs. Now, I do want to tell you a little bit of difference in your figs. This fig is a very young fig, meaning that it should have maybe stayed on a little bit longer on the fig tree. This fatty, delicious, right? What's the difference? We're going to cut them open and let you know. So when you cut these open and you have a young fig, now they're not not delicious, they just need to be used differently. They have this a um, little bit harder on the outside, not quite as soft on the inside and purpley, right? But when you get one that's really ripe and a big fatty, all of a sudden the inside has this beautiful pink 
and red hue and sometimes even almost brown. And when you squish it, so delicious. It's like all the goodness of the figs, right? Now, does this make this fig bad? It does not make this fig bad. It just means that this fig is gonna be the one you're gonna turn into syrup. And this fig is the one yeah, you can turn into a cookie, eat on a fruit plate, more enjoyable. Can you put both of them in a syrup? Absolutely. Can you just eat them because they're delicious? Yes, you can do that too. Um, so let's. So let's. That being said, do not be intimidated by your figs. It is, it is the most delicious thing. It's a great um, uh, season starter. So what we're making, or what we're, what you're going to make, is a fig syrup, right? So fig syrup. We don't have a stove here on the magic of Instagram. Um, so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna walk you through this step. You're going to take two cups of sugar, one cup of water, and a quarter cup of your favorite alcohol. I know I said it. Anything you can put in there. Bourbon, rum, Cardamaro, Amaro, uh, Averna, whatever you're feeling, you're gonna put in there along with a little bit of um, vanilla and any other flavor you like. And you're going to steep your um, syrup over a medium high heat. It's gonna get a little tiny bubbles in it and then you're gonna put your figs cut in four. Let's just do that really quick. We're gonna cut it in four and score it. Cut in four into the syrup and you're going to turn it off. So you have this nice simmering syrup. It's all translucent and you're gonna put it in fours in there and you're gonna turn it off and let it sit on the stove until it becomes room temperature. And what you're gonna be left with is just these beautiful steeped figs. And it's like so delicious and they're in their own syrup. And it's just like so lovely. Now, do we use this syrup straight like this in our cocktails? We do not, because we all know I hate the seeds. So we will strain this off and use it in our cocktail, but you can follow us um, at designateddrinker.show for that recipe on a figgy Manhattan. Happy holidays. So figs, Gina. That's I, it, I. You know, it's you never cease to amaze me. But uh, I, I actually never know what to do with figs, to be honest. <laughs> you know, fig, I think. All right, here's the thing. Figs are one of those things that you either grew up eating, yep, and they're part of your culture, or you're being introduced to them as an adult. Yeah, that's so, me. I'm the latter part of that. Yeah. So, like, for me, it was part of my culture and my heritage. For you, you will now learn to enjoy all things that are deliciously figgy. Yeah, I just, I I have them, but somebody else always prepares them. I never know what to do with them, yeah, so thank you. Yeah, now you make cocktail syrup. Cool. And a little snack. And a snack. And a snack. And a snack. So where are they gonna go to get this uh, tip, tricks, and how to? You're gonna go to designateddrinker.show for this tip um, and recipe, and you're gonna go to Instagram if you wanna see me uh, making the syrup in person, and we also have a little bonus this time for you, so catch that next week. We do. We yes, do. it's going to be fun. It is. Yeah. It was delicious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, slide into our DMs, or just DM me, or whatever you call it, these kids. I don't know. I would love to interact more. Ask me more questions. You know, I really love that. Well, she's a wealth of knowledge, for God's sakes. Yeah. And in that, proof is that is in is um, at our website, which um, don't worry if you didn't catch anything that Gina just said. You can just scroll through our notes, the episode notes. You'll find uh, links to designatedrinker.show, which has six 
Six seasons, we're almost coming to the end, Gina. Six seasons worth of uh, cocktail recipes, which call that our library of libations. Um, lots of video tips and tricks from Gina on how to do these things. Um, and the other thing to make sure is we have links um, into learning everything more about what Kiata is doing with a sip of Paradise Garden, because there's a lot of good stuff going on there. And um, if nothing else, even if this is not your space, how could you not be inspired by her? That's right. So 100%. Good to see what she's doing. She's got more to tell us, which she will do in part two of this episode. Damn right. So what that means is that brings us to the end of part one with designated drinker and the founder of SIP of Paradise Garden, Kiata Mincy Parker. But if you're anything like the three of us, uh, one round is just never enough. So go top off that drink and get ready for part two of this episode as we continue our boozy banter and Gina's gonna share a Kiata inspired cocktail recipe. Yes. Good for the season, good, good for, for the, the soul. Yeah. There we go. Tis the season, Kiata. Cheers. Cheers. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a Latino owned, strategy driven, creatively fueled production co op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.